0: Well, what is going on, Bill's Mafia? Welcome. Welcome, Bill's Mafia, into the Overreaction Sports Podcast brought to you by the Market Dominator on the Buffalo Rumblings Podcast Network. I'm your host, the voice of the Overreaction Sports Podcast. My name is Joe Miller. And as always, you can find me on Twitter at Joe Miller Wired. And I know, I know that I know that I know a lot of you still don't know who the market dominator is. And if this is the first time you've ever tuned in, Let me just tell you who he is. The market dominator is my very good friend, John Spaschek. And there was a number of you that got to meet him. Got to meet him on Friday night at O'Neill's as I recorded a uh, podcast live in person with the Rock Power Report guys. And more about that in a minute. But John is a real dude. He's an awesome dude. Uh, He is a real estate broker with Keller Williams. Keller Williams, by the way, I say this every week, is the largest real estate broker brokerage firm in the entire world. And John is pretty much in the top five to ten real estate brokers in Western New York pretty much month over month. And oh by the way, he can help you if you're actually not in Western New York as well. Uh, so if you are looking to buy a house or you're looking to sell a house, I can pretty much I could give you if you needed testimonials. I could talk about my own sale. In this market, this market is absolutely insane. If you know somebody that's bought or sold a home, ask them how happy they are with their agent. It's going to vary. This is what I can tell you. When you walk away from whatever the dealing is that you do with John Spascheck, the market dominator, and his team, you are going to be overwhelmingly happy. Do me a favor. The brother answers his phone. Call him. 716-570-3298. That number again, 716-570-3298. You can also email him. I would suggest you call him, but his email address is yourelitebroker at gmail.com. He is also Bill's Mafia, so you can find him on Twitter at your elite broker. That is my guy, John Spaschek, the market dominator, who is a wonderful man and a wonderful sponsor of this show. Love you, John. Appreciate you, fella, and uh, uh, just appreciate the friendship and appreciate the connection to the team here at the Overreaction Show and Buffalo Rumblings. But... Ladies and gentlemen, you are tuned in to the Overreaction Sports Podcast. And I got all kinds of people up in here. Like the the the, the, the comment section, the room is filling up. Got a whole bunch of people. The, the Buffalo Bills fever is upon us. You are listening to me, whether it's live and in person on YouTube, Facebook, or Twitter, or you are catching this as a podcast on the Buffalo Rumblings podcast network. This is what I want to say to you. Whether this podcast finds you around a cup of coffee on the drive to work or at the gym with your AirPods in or maybe even live right now on YouTube, let me just say one more time, welcome. I wonder how many of you are now at the point where you just like hit that plus 15 seconds, like where you just skip through that whole thing <laughs> up until I say live on YouTube right now, let me just say welcome just to get past all that rigmarole. Please don't. The top of the show was kind of fun for me, but uh, it's so good to see all of you guys. Uh, the King is in the house. Jay Spence, the King. Richard Rush. Robbie's in the house. David R- uh, Ruzaman's in the house. Chris Janke's in the house. Everybody's up in here. I saw Amanda Davey in the house. EB is in the house. Everybody's uh, piling into the chat room, and I, I just appreciate and love all of you that you've got the time to spend with me for this live recording of the show. Uh, and this is what I want you to do. I want you to like and subscribe. So first things first, jump on that like button, smash the like button for this show, uh, whatever platform you're on, including a uh, a podcast form. And do me also another favor. Our subscription numbers on YouTube have been blowing up. We've we've gone up about 400 subscribers, 300 subscribers in the last b- about two weeks. If you have not yet subscribed to the Buffalo Rumblings YouTube channel, please subscribe now. Uh, if you're listening to this in post, pause it, jump over to YouTube. Actually, you probably don't have to, just jump over to YouTube uh, Google search, or I should say YouTube search, Bubble of Rump, Buffalo Rumblings, subscribe it, hit the little bell so you get all the notifications. We had a lot of big stuff coming up for you uh, this football season, and it's going to be great. Here's another cool piece of news. We are now Super Chat Live. We are Super Chat Live, and there's a whole host of people that don't know what that even means. Super Chat Live means that if you are on the YouTube platform, you can basically hit a Super Chat Uh, Put some information in there, and your chat, comment, question, whatever it is, your correspondence to me is going to come up in a neon color, and Super Chats get priority. Now, here's the thing. You can only Super Chat me if you're on YouTube, so if you're watching me on Facebook, if you're watching me on Twitter, jump over to YouTube. That is where you want to be. That's actually where the best conversation is as well. Apex is in the room. I see Brooke is in the room. NYAP is in the room. Everybody, my sister Jamie is up in the room. She just left uh, to go back to Ohio. She spent the weekend with me. Uh, She was just here. But uh, we are now Super Chat Live. Here's the other thing. If you Super Chat me, this is a podcast. I'm recording a podcast that is meant for listeners, but I'm doing it live, and you guys get to watch me do it. Please, if you super chat me, stay inside the topic or inside the segment. So if I'm talking about, you know, Josh Allen's cap number or Josh Allen's new contract, don't ask me questions about the punter. Like, don't get me off track. So try to stay inside. So if you've got a question, super chat me. I'm going to read it. I'm going to respond to it. But try to stay somewhat inside of where we're at uh, inside the segment. I will get to it. I may have to wait if I look at it and read it. And I feel like it doesn't necessarily fit. But we are super chat live and would love to have you guys jump in with me. So, I went to uh, the open practice, uh, the open practice on Saturday, training camp, open practice with uh, my daughter McKenna. The market dominator was with me. I sat with Pat Moran and I sat with uh, Zach the Maniac from Trainwreck Sports. We all sat together. More on those observations later. Uh, the next open practice is September first. I think the number I heard was eighteen thousand fans were actually in the stadium, which is. Unbelievable. 18,000, especially if you saw the picture of the Jacksonville Jaguars open practice today. Uh, The picture came out today. I don't know when open practice was, but there was about 17 people in the stadium. It was pretty crazy. Uh, And somehow Forbes has uh, Jacksonville listed as a a more valuable franchise than the Buffalo Bills. I would think that the people that want to buy your product has something to do with how valuable you potentially are to a buyer. Uh and nobody wants any of that trash in Jacksonville, even with ETN, even with Trevor Lawrence down there as rookies. Nobody wanted any of that garbage. But uh yeah, so went to the practice. The next practice, September 1st, McKenna and I will also be in attendance there. Let me tell you, it, it was stinking hot, dude. It was it was 10 o'clock in the morning. We got in the stadium about nine, nine fifteen, nine ten. And I about melted. It was hot. Like I was it was I I was sweating through my clothes. Everybody was sweating through their clothes. It was it was it was Arizona hot up here in Buffalo. It was crazy hot, but uh, would love to see you. If I've not met you in person, uh, do me a favor, September first. Let's find some way to to, to connect uh, at the at the next practice or obviously during the uh, the home opener. But uh, I I talked a second ago about the fact that I had recorded a live podcast in person at O'Neill's on Saturday night with the Rock Rockpile Report guys, and and what a blast that was. That pod is going to drop uh, Sunday night, so you should be able to get it Monday or Tuesday. Go find it. Me, the Rockpile Pile Dudes, uh, Pat Moran, and a special appearance from John Fina, everybody's favorite follow on Twitter, John Fina. It's a long podcast. I think it was an hour and 40 minutes. It was the longest podcast I've ever been a part of. But it's a good time. Uh, it was a lot of fun. Uh, at that event, it was live. We actually recorded it, like I said, at O'Neill's across from the stadium. And uh, Bill's Mafia was in the house. I got to meet Kristen uh, from Bill's Mafia Babes. Crystal O'Ne- uh, Crystal Noel was there. Uh, Leslie, co-founder of the Bill's Mafia, was there, along with a host of other folks. Uh, and, and what I want you to do is I want you to pay attention to Twitter and just social media because we're going to do more of these things. I know that uh, the Rock Pile guys want to do more of these Jay Spence and I want to do more of these types of things. These things are going to start popping up uh, more and more. You're going to see a lot of people doing these live things. Uh, Also, one last thing about that. I said that I was going to give away tickets uh, during that recording, and I did. Uh, Tickets that were given to me for the preseason game from my buddy Dana Billings, uh, and those tickets were won by Ali Ozcock, I believe is his last name, or Ozcock. He won those tickets. I've already notified him, so congratulations, Ali. Good job. I uh, hope you enjoy the game. Uh, the Bills' first preseason game is next freaking week. Can I get an amen? <laughs> the Bills' first preseason game is next week, Friday, August 13th, 7 p.m. live on in Detroit, live on the NFL Network. Uh, Bills at the Bears, second preseason game, August 21st. Uh, and then a rare Saturday, which is a rare Saturday 1 p.m. game. And then we have another 1 p.m. game, uh, So, which makes it less rare, I guess, uh, on the 28th against the Packers at home, the only home one. One more last piece of uh, uh, house cleaning, if you will. The week of the home opener, there is a party at Soho being ho- uh, hosted by Cold Front Report. It's basically the Mafia Homecoming Party. You want to be a part of that. Jay Spencer King and I are going to be there. Uh, the Bills, Bills Mafia Babes, I think, are going to be there. Or, no, 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 I'm sorry. That's the skate party. And then the next day, Saturday, is the skate party, which is hosted by Jay Spencer King, Bills Mafia Babes, Ponchos Army. And that is ho- uh, solely for charity. So, two very cool things. Jay Spencer King and I might be working on something for Thursday night, uh, more of that to come. The skating party, however, as I'm all over the place a little bit, is at Frank Young's Sports Room. $15, all that money is going to charity, 4 to 7 p.m. So, you are listening to the Overreaction Sports Podcast. And I guess the question that I want to pose to everybody, everybody that's listening, everybody that's watching, is how much are you overreacting to this Josh Allen extension? How much? How much are you overreacting to this Josh Allen extension, we knew it was, it was inevitable, and there were people that were arguably on every side of the proverbial fence. And there's not really fences to be on the side of because we all wanted it to happen, except for maybe a couple of Tyrod Taylor fans that are out there. <laughs> we all wanted it to happen, but the reality is, is did we? Did, you know, when was it going to happen? There was there was people in the camp of do it now. I was in this camp, do it now. He just becomes more expensive with every day that passes. We definitely don't want to do it next year. There's people that felt like, and and rightfully so, Bruce Nolan is one of those guys. Love Bruce. Bruce is a very good friend of mine. Bruce is one of those guys that's like, you know what? Every time we have seen in the recent future of the NFL that a team gives a monstrous contract to what, is arguably or inevitably a one-year wonder. Basically, we've only got one year of of good, solid history from a guy. What happens is, is, they tend to fall flat, fall in their face. Carson Wentz, right? Guys like that. But these numbers, man, holy cow! I don't. I we knew. I mean, Jay Spencer, the King, and I were talking. Uh, we, we've talked about it several times in this offseason. season about how big this number was gonna be. I think I've talked about I've talked about it with 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 Bruce Nolan, how big these numbers were gonna be. And and the reality is is when you don't think it's gonna be 42 million a year until it comes out at 42 million a year. I I I did peg the number. I said it was going to be six years. There was a lot of people on the four year fence. I thought eight was too long. So people were on the eight year fence, kind of like modeled after Patrick Patrick Mahomes that he wasn't gonna go anywhere. I felt it was going to be in the six year land. But it's six years kind of and this is, if you've not really gotten details for this thing yet, if you haven't read up on it yet, I'm going to give you a little bit. It's a six-year extension off of the current contract he has, which is has actually two more years on it. Six years, $258 million. It adds, as I just said, six years to his contract. He's got $150 million guaranteed, 100 of that guaranteed at signing. million guaranteed, which makes him the second highest paid player in the NFL behind Patrick Mahomes and the first player ever with $150 million guaranteed to him. So he has one of the firsts and he's second in the other land. Highest, uh, most guaranteed money to any NFL player ever in the history of the NFL. And he's the second highest player. That contract total with the existing two that he has, because he still has this year to play, He's got 2022 to play on his rookie deal because the Bills, as you know, picked up his fifth-year option. That puts that total total contract, basically, extension that he has with these two years and the six at $290 million for all eight years, and it puts him here through 2028. Man. I could shed a tear. (laughs) I'm not going to cry a good i could literally i could literally shed a tear i mean it, when you think about what we've been through as a franchise when we think when you think about what we've been through as fans the quarterback carousel from Todd Collins and Alex Van Pelt and Drew Bledsoe and i don't know there was guys in between them and you know and then you bring in JP Losman and Kelly Holcomb and just ever you know Kyle Orton uh, Thad Lewis, Tyrod Taylor. I mean, the, the, the list is long and distinguished of guys that we as Bills Mafia argued a lot about. I think the greatest war ever in Bills Mafia and it played out on the Buffalo Bills message board, which is no more, rest in peace, was probably over Kelly Holcomb and J.P. Lossman and what what camp you were in. I'm sorry, not Kelly, uh, Trent Edwards and J.P. Lossman or whatever it was. But the amount of arguing and fighting and what camp you were in and, and and the way that it went back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. 17 years. And then even on draft night, and we talked about this on Saturday with the, with the Rockpile guys, even on draft night, I remember sitting there. Drew was in that camp. Everybody at the table, Pat Moran, Chris, the only guy that wasn't was John Fina. We all wanted Josh Rosen. Somebody put Jeff Tool, you know, Tool Time, exactly. Nate Peterman, right? We all wanted Josh Rosen because we knew we couldn't get Baker, we knew we couldn't get Darnold, and what it came down to is, I have suffered through this for seventeen years. The last thing that I want to do is wait three more for a kid that's gonna got that's gotta develop. And what's funny is, like, when you in hindsight, when you think about those moments as far as what you're looking for in a draft pick out of a quarterback, you want to win now. You want to win right now. You don't want to wait. You're not thinking about character. You're not thinking about fit with the team. You're not thinking about fit with the city. You're not thinking about is he a nice guy? You know, does he love his mom? Does he love his dad? Is he passionate? Is he a gamer? I'll be honest with you, for me, when I was when I was going Josh Rosen over Josh Allen, I literally read the stupid draft stuff that we all read. Josh Rosen was ready to play right now. Josh Allen, they said wasn't. I didn't want to wait a year. I'm not the only one. Vlad Ostrov says that he was screaming for Josh Allen on draft base. Draft day, screaming. Vlad, I'm proud of you, bro, because you got it right. And Matthew uh, uh, Ronkowski says says the same thing, that that he was also screaming for Josh Allen. John Fina was also screaming for Josh Allen. And word has now come out as well after seemingly this contract has been signed that the Buffalo Bills apparently tried to move to first overall with the Browns to get him. I wonder, <laughs> not, not right now, hindsight is twenty twenty. If the Bills had successfully moved up with the Browns to get Josh Allen, they also tried with the Browns said no, they also tried to move to two, but the Giants were sold on Saquon Barkley wanted him. We all know the Bills moved up to seven. I wonder now, had the Buffalo Bills moved to number one, who knows what, it would, have, what, it would, what it would what it would have taken. It would have been a bevy of picks, maybe some players multiple first-rounders. If they had moved up to number one to get Josh Allen, how much more pressure there would have been? How how many of you that wanted him would have been like, yes, we got our guy. I don't buy it. I don't buy it. You'd have been like, I wanted Josh Allen, but not at that price, right? Hindsight is twenty twenty. And when you think hindsight being 2020, 20, I have never been more happy, glad, excited to be wrong ever in my entire life. And I I'm wrong a lot. I'm wrong often. Ask Chris Yankee. he'll tell you how often I'm wrong. What does it mean? What does it mean to us as Bill's Mafia to have this kid? This kid that's got If you want to talk about, if you want to articulate or paint a picture of a human being that has Buffalo written on his soul, it's Josh Allen. This kid came from nothing, was expected to do nothing, was unwanted. Nobody wanted to be near him. Nobody wanted to be around him. People didn't want to necessarily like claim him. Even when he was, from high school, you know, you're talking about a kid that in high school went to Derek Carr's quarterback camp, and he was a big Derek Carr fan, and he got put off to the side with the kids that probably didn't have as any potential to going on to college and doing anything, and goes to Juco. Then from Juco to the per, to, like to, 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 to major college, like for his junior senior year, nobody wants him but one school. Then coming out to the NFL. The only guy that like had his back was Mel Kuyper. Even Bill's Mafia didn't want him. I remember people wanting Mason Rudolph over Josh Allen. Hindsight is twenty twenty for sure. Look at his first year. Look at his second year. How how I don't need to remind you. I've talked about it a lot on this show. Before tw- the twenty twenty season, before last year, his breakout season. Aaron Schatz from Pro Football Outsiders said that the Buffalo Bills were, and I quote, were a Super Bowl caliber roster, except for Josh Allen. Aaron Schatz said on a local radio station that he had run a thousand simulations, none of which ever had the Bills even making the playoffs with Josh Allen. It may have been 2019. I don't remember. But regardless, he was basically saying that the biggest hole in his football team is Josh Allen. And now you're looking at a guy that's basically the entire football team. We heard conversations as well that Josh Allen may never be, quote unquote, may never be a 60% guy. And then he answered the bell by basically going from 58 or 59% in 2019 to 69.5% completion percentage in 2020. But what does it mean? What does it mean? The first thing that it means is security. We are secure at the most important position in the NFL on any NFL franchise, any NFL team. We don't have to worry every single year who's going to be the guy or what's the competition going to be like or can the guy be top 15? Can he maybe be top 10? We have the trust and security of knowing as fans that we've got a guy out there that loves this town as much as we do, loves this city as much as we do. We have a guy that's quarterbacking the lifeblood of our city in a football team that wants to be here as much as we want to be here. A guy that stands at podiums in New Jersey after football games and says, hey, there's only one New York team. There's only one team that plays in New York, or hey, I play for a New York team. Josh Allen is a California kid who we have all, probably as Bills fans, loathed in the past because of what they potentially represent or how they feel or what they think or how stark of a contrast California is, at least in our own minds, to Buffalo because the reality is, is yes, Buffalo or I should say New York is a blue state and California is a blue state, but Buffalo is a very different place and we all know it because we're all from here or at least the majority of us are from here. We don't Buffalonians, western New Yorkers, sons and daughters of Buffalo don't think of ourselves as New Yorkers like, oh yeah, yeah, New York City people yeah, we're just like them. Oh, California people, we're just like them. Those those Hollywood people, just like them. San Francisco, yep. That's exactly what we're like. No, we're different. We're very different. We persevere. We try. We don't take no for an answer. We push and push and push and sometimes have to kick doors down and kick doors open for ourselves. We will be damned if we're ever going to be told no. And when you count us out the most, it's when we rise to the top the best. And does that not just sound completely like the quarterback that just signed a $300 million contract to be here through 2028? Security. Security. It brings consistency. It brings leadership. This kid is—he, this, this—we have wanted from a—we uh, have wanted a leader on this football team from the quarterback position since Jim Kelly left. Drew was kind of that guy. Kyle kind of gave it. Kyle Orton kind of gave it to us. But outside of that, there was really nobody else. Tyrod was great. Tyrod had a great command of the offense. But I don't—I don't know that I ever believed that every single player on the football team was behind any quarterback that was on this team. Since Jim Kelly, like they are Josh Allen, the leadership piece, the continuity piece. I'm going to warn everybody when it comes to continuity. My next comment on my notes is the word growth. What's up, Daniel Gowris? Just got here. Good to see you. Jump on that like button, brother. Continuity and growth. Just because your quarterback signs a $42 million a year contract, which, oh, by the way, won't kick in until 2024, three, 2023. It doesn't mean that he's not going to throw three interceptions and a half. It doesn't mean that he's not going to fumble the football away. It doesn't mean that he's not going to have bad football games. Josh Allen, and we we have well established on the Buffalo Rumblings network, that if Josh Allen, if we get the 2020 version of Josh Allen forever, the future is bright for the Buffalo Bills. We don't necessarily need him to get any better. We don't need him to take any more steps. We don't need him to continue progressing. Would we like it? Sure. Do we believe he can? Yes. Does this team need it? No. They just don't need it. What, what, what we need is for him to just basically find his floor every season. And we as Bills fans not need to do things that I've already seen today, which was in, in camp on Saturday. There was an interception, and an amazing interception was made by Micah Hyde on Stephon Diggs. Josh Allen throws a ball to Stephon Diggs, I believe. Two of the best in the game last year, and Micah Hyde makes an incredibly athletic play on that and gets an interception. And some moron in the comments section is asks the question, where is Trubisky? Already it's begun. So if you can hear my voice, if you are a fan of this show, if you like the things that I say, I would just caution you to be be careful. Understand that bad games are going to come. Interceptions are going to be thrown. That's what quarterbacks do. Running backs fumble. Quarterbacks throw interceptions. He's going to win a lot of football games. He's going to lose some too. And what I would charge you with as I move on from Josh Allen what I would charge you with is the same thing that I would charge everybody with. And what I would ask you to charge naysayers and doubters and people that don't that don't like this kid, what you would charge them with? Enjoy the journey. Just enjoy the journey. When he throws a touchdown, lose your mind. Enjoy the journey. When he when he when he throws for four hundred yards lose your mind, enjoy the journey. When he throws three interceptions in a football game, back him up, have his back, love him, support him, and enjoy the journey. When he when he throws a game losing interception or, or fumbles the ball at the last minute, when finally he throws an interception inside the red zone, because if we remember, he still has not done that in the regular season. When that happens... Enjoy the journey because what I did and what so many Bills fans did when Jim Kelly was leading this franchise is we didn't enjoy the journey. And then it was over. And then we waited almost two decades to find the next guy. But this kid is, this kid is Buffalo. This kid is Buffalo, fam. He is Buffalo. I want, to, I want to bring to your attention, Brian Dable was, and I don't even know how to necessarily set this up. Because it's a coach moment with the team, and we're not privy to a lot of this information. It was funny because on Saturday at O'Neill's with John Fina, John was like, you know, when we get to work and we do the thing and and then the players do this, and I stopped him. And I was like, no, bro, we don't know this stuff. we've never been NFL players we have no idea what you're talking about we don't know what goes on inside an NFL locker room but bringing everybody back to what Josh Allen is and how he connects and relates to everybody else and what that story is and I saw a couple tweets today as well that the greatest 30 for 30 or NFL life story that like is ever going to be told is Josh Allen's and it's probably going to be true because nobody wanted this kid And it's only fitting that he ended up in Buffalo, the city that nobody wants to be in. But there was an article today. I don't know where the article was. I don't have the reference. I just saw it on Twitter. It says an example of how the coaches are delivering that message, the message of just the team. Offensive coordinator Brian Dable, in a meeting earlier in camps, asked every offensive player and coach to stand up. Hey, everybody, if you're on the offense, Coaching, staff, player, stand up. He then said to them, Brian Dable did, if you're a coach and you've ever been fired, please sit down. Dable said, and every coach in the room sat down. Every single coach in the room sat down. Okay, Dable continued, if you're a player and you've ever been cut or traded, sit down. And a large group of the players sat down. And then Dable continued and he said, if you weren't picked in the first round, please sit down, Dable said, and suddenly the only person left in the room was Josh Allen standing up. The only other first-rounder on Buffalo's, uh, Buffalo's offense is a backup quarterback named Mitchell Trubisky, who, by the way, got fired. He didn't get cut, but they didn't want him anymore, who sat down with the cut or traded or unwanted group. Even though he technically wasn't cut or traded by the Bears, he just wasn't re-signed. Brian Dable looked at Josh and he said, how many scholarship offers did you get out of high school, Josh? Josh Young replied, none. All right, Dable said, let's all remember where we came from. And that just solidifies the whole entire situation. The whole, every single thing that you need to know, understand about this football team, about Josh Young, about where they're coming from is exactly that. And I love this. The first super chat that Buffalo Rumblings has ever gotten is from my man Apex. This is the very first super chat. Apex comes back in and he says, Wildest Dreams Land for eight more years. It's what it is, Bills fans. This story, what's going on with Josh Allen, what we're living out, everything that we're talking about is literally, literally the definition of Wildest Dreams Land. When you, when you, Think about it. In 2018, Josh Allen's going to be a, a potential MVP player. Oh, pfft, not in your wildest dreams. Josh Allen's going to sweep the AFC East uh, in a couple of years. Oh, you're out of your mind. Not in your wildest dreams. The Buffalo Bills behind Josh Allen are going to make the AFC Championship. Pfft, not in your wildest dreams. Uh, oh, yeah, well, the Buffalo Bills and Josh Allen, he's going to have like almost a 70% completion percentage. Oh, my God, dude. Not in your Bills fan. You're crazy. Sit down. Not in your wildest dreams. Do you get it now? All of 2020, I said, wildest dreams land. Hashtag wildest dreams land. That is what we're living in. And I'm super duper excited to like have a conversation going into 2021. I was just talking to Jay Spence the King about two hours ago that I think I'm going to get to carry this phrase. Hashtag wildest dreams land. Maybe make a t-shirt. Wildest dreams land. Because that's the season. That's the... That's where we're at. Cherish every single second. Cherish every single second. And know at the very same time that this coaching staff is doing all the right things and saying all the right things to connect them to, to connect their players to, I should say, their $300 million quarterback by having conversations with them like the Brian Dayball story. Hey, everybody in this room, I know that guy. He didn't say it this way. I know that guy standing over there or sitting over there just signed a contract to make $42 million a year, which is money that 90% of you are never going to see or probably none of you are going to see. But we're going to go through an exercise right now, and I'm going to show you that he is just like you. What do you mean, coach? How's he just like me? That dude just signed a $300 million quarterback. Yeah, well, five years ago, nobody wanted him. Six years ago, nobody wanted him. You can have that same story. You can be that guy. You can be that guy, right? I'm gonna transition now uh, that I've got you all emotional. <laughs> maybe, maybe not. Who knows? I'm gonna transition you now over to what I observed at practice in my practice notes. Now. If you want to ask me questions about practice, please feel free to do so. I cannot guarantee you that I can see the practice notes uh, or the, the, the comments, rather, I should say that you're going to ask me in the comments section. But if, if you want to get my attention, super chat, whatever you got to do, get it in there. Um, I don't know why I'm being told Niagara Falls. Niagara Falls, Joe, Niagara Falls. I don't know what that means. Did I miss something somewhere up in here? I don't know. Anyway, uh, but uh, I watched... Oh, Niagara Falls emotion. My bad. (laughs) Got it now. (laughs) My fault. My fault. Uh, Appreciate that. That's it. I I will take that as a compliment all day long. Um, I went to the practice on Saturday as a fan. So I did not take notes. I did not uh, try to remember everything. I watched things that were important to me, things that I think I saw, things that I felt I saw. Um, I did, you know, mark in my brain, some things that kind of stuck out to me. I have listened and watched several other people that were at there, Matt Perino, Ryan Talbot, people like that, just to kind of get what their feelings were for how practice went. Again, if you have a question, I'll do my, I'll do my best to respond to you. Um, the easiest thing to do again is going to be to super chat me, uh, just because it's going to get my attention and the comment sections have a tendency to roll by pretty, pretty quick. So yeah, let's do that. So first things first about practice on Saturday, We're always told that the defense is usually, right? That's weird. Always told that usually. We're told that the defense is usually ahead of the offense. That's me not speaking good English. Uh, In the run game, I would say that that is true. In the passing game with Josh Allen, particularly this this season right now, absolutely not. Uh, The dude is at the point, even now, a couple weeks into camp, second open practice, which was a scrimmage. uh, He's pretty much taking what he wants at will. Think about what I just said. Josh Allen is pretty much taking what he wants at will. I would say it this way. It very much appeared to me or seemed like Josh Allen was pretty much ruining what the pra- the, the coaches wanted to do kind of in the, you know because they set them up in situations, right? They set him up in different... We we all know how training camp goes. The majority of us have gone or we've watched. They uh, uh, They do a lot of positional stuff. They do a lot of situational stuff. And Josh Allen was basically just running him down the field and scoring over and over and over again. He did this also without Emmanuel Sanders and without Cole Beasley. He also didn't have Deion Dawkins and Darrell Williams. And he was still breaking the pocket, getting open, throwing guys open, and basically completing balls all over the place. It was it was incredibly impressive to watch AJ or AK cash asks who got the most first team uh, first team right tackle reps Uh, at right tackle. I believe it was either Doyle or the new kid, Spencer Brown first team, first team uh, right tackle Um, because Darrell Williams wasn't there and he played admirably. And when he didn't, Josh Allen was breaking free and getting loose. Thank you AK cash for that super chat, by the way, he was getting loose and, and, and he was completing passes. He was throwing darts. I dare say surgical, he was throwing lasers all over the field. It was unbelievable to watch. He was making that, he was making that defense almost look like they weren't on the football field. And the funny thing is, is like the energy level between the two was unbelievable. So it wasn't like Josh Allen was just trucking people. The defense was coming with energy. The defense was trying to do their thing. They were, they were being borderline successful. Josh Allen was just doing what Josh Allen does and getting away. Jeff King with the Super Chat. Thank you, brother. Appreciate you being a part of the show. Fact or fiction? Obata is lighting it up in practice. If so, and if it continues, what are you taking uh, who we're saying goodbye to? Dude, this is tough. Jeff, thank you for being a part of the show. Thank you for, for coming in Super Chat, man. And thank you for this question. F.A. Obata looked good. Greg Rousseau looked good. Carlos Basham looked good. A.J. Epinesa looked good. Mario Addison looked good. All, none of them looked bad. None of them looked bad. F.A. Abada, in my opinion, Jeff, to answer your question, makes this football team. But we're going to talk about, in a second, cut down dates. The dates I got from uh, Greg Thompson off of Twitter today. And we're going to talk about the fact that the Buffalo Bills, briefly, we're going to talk about, they're going to have a very, 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 very difficult time with numbers at a couple key positions, and one of them is defensive line. They're going to have a tough choice to make. And we talked on Wednesday, Jay Spencer King and I did, just about the fact that Mario Addison had a phenomenal interview of which he spent five to ten minutes pining on and on about F.A. Obata, about Greg Rousseau, about Carlos Basham, about A.J. Epinesa, talking about how great they were and how great they're going to be. And it's like, bro. (laughs) I'm enjoying what you're saying. It's everything that I want to hear, but if you don't stop, you're going to talk yourself off off of this football team. They look good, man. I believe F.A. Obata makes this football team. He is lighting it up in practice. The length and the speed and the quickness that the Bills have gone and got between Rousseau and Obata is incredible. And oh, by the way, Jerry Hughes still has yet to play, play a snap in preseason. Oops, two seconds. Brian Bowers with the Super Chat. Okay, voice, how are the receivers not in a, in our top four or five looking? Uh, who is making the talented team at wide receiver? So these were my – and you're getting ahead of me, but that's totally good, Brian. I appreciate the Super Chat. I appreciate you being a part of the show. You're the man, uh, and I highly expect and anticipate you to be on with me for the Bills Mafia Time to Shine pre-season, uh, pregame shows every Saturday night before the game when the season starts. Uh, the 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 wide receivers. So I've got this is what I've got uh, as far as wide receivers wide receivers go. So Emmanuel Sanders, as I told you, was down on the field. Beasley, and by the way, can, can I just stop right here? Cole Beasley's running around the football field, ball of energy. Little short, five foot eight, dude, ball of energy. <laughs> right? <laughs> who doesn't love Cole Beasley? Oh yeah. There's a whole bunch of people on Twitter that don't like Cole Beasley or at least seemingly don't like Cole Beasley who have all forgotten about Cole Beasley. Uh, since all this, like other stuff have happened, stadium information practices have started. Josh Allen now signs a $300 million, or $258 million contract, 300 total. Cole Beasley turns around to the crowd, grabs something to throw into it. And every single hand in front of me went up and it was like immediately everybody loved Cole Beasley again. So, I'll digress off of that. I'm just kind of keeping you guys in the mem- in the in the mindset that like people don't really hate Cole Beasley; they just want to. So, getting back to the wide receivers, no Emmanuel Sanders, no Cole Beasley. Uh, the 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 starting guys, Stephon Diggs does whatever Stephon Diggs wants to do on a football field. I already came out a couple shows ago and I said that I I don't think from a projection standpoint that Stefan Diggs is going to have the same year that he had in 2020, meaning I thought he was going to not regress. Regress is the wrong number. I just think the ball is going to go around. However, this guy, this kid just does what he wants to do on a football field. And he makes, he sets defensive backs up and he makes them look silly. So you've got him. I think Cole Beasley Gets his 1,000 yards this season. Gabe Davis is going to be Gabe Davis. I think Emmanuel Sanders is going to bring maturity and Super Bowl-like uh, experience to that to that room, to that wide receiver room. And then what do we got? What's after that, right? That's the real question. So Jake Kummerow, he looked good. I'm not going to lie. Everybody's hyped about Jake kumero he flashes, man, when he's on the football field. And I don't understand. He flashes to me to the point that I don't understand why he was on a practice squad or has been on practice squads his whole entire career. I don't get it. He had three great catches. He, 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 people say dropped. He did not drop a ball. A ball was thrown. It was over his shoulder. He stretched out forward. It tipped off of his hand. He couldn't haul it in. I wouldn't fault him at all. I mean, it's a ball that, a TV announcer would say, oh, that's a ball you got to catch. And if you're down by 10 points, he's right. You got to catch it. But if you're up by 12, it's just an incomplete pass. Um, He looked good. The reality is, is all the wide receivers on this football team, for the most part, look good. You know, when you see a guy like Isaiah Hodgins out there, who I'm, you know, I'm rooting a lot for Isaiah Hodgins. He has a different body structure and a different body type. Than anybody, any other wide receiver on that football team. He is literally two inches taller, helmet wise, three inches taller than every other wide receiver on this football team. He brings a different skill set to this team that the Bills probably need. Tanner Gentry looked good. Stevenson didn't look bad. Like everybody, every wide receiver, as you go down the list, looked incredible. So when you, when you, to answer, to finish the question, digs, right? Emmanuel Sanders. Gabe Davis, Cole Beasley. You gotta think Isaiah McKenzie is a lock to make this football team. He's not gonna get cut. He played, he didn't, he didn't he played well. He didn't fumble a single punt. There, there weren't many punts to begin with. Josh Allen basically wrecked that whole thing. The whole offense did. The offense, by and large, other than the second team offense, played very well on Saturday. They had to like, they had to like fabricate or they had to, they had to uh, They had to make up opportunities to punt. Otherwise, they wouldn't have punted for the most part. McKenzie's making this football team. So then you've got six and seven. Who's number six? I don't know, Brian, that I'm confident enough at this point to answer that question of who number six is. I don't know what the answer is. I legit don't know who the answer is. It's gonna be a battle between Kumaro and Hodgins for that sixth spot. And if the Bills keep seven, then I think Hodgins makes the roster and Stevenson goes to the practice squad. If if they keep six, it's probably Kumaro at this point. He's probably ahead of Hodgins. I would tell you this. There was probably some expectation that some in an open practice like that. That there were some people in the crowd that weren't necessarily Bills fans that may be working for other franchises because that's what franchise, that's what football teams do. They go to other teams' open practices in preseason to scout, right? To see what they're running, to see what they're doing. Right? I would say that the second team offense showcased Kumaro a little bit more so than Hodgins. And we also know, and I'm not really a conspiracy theory guy, but I'm also we all know that Aaron Rodgers covets Jake Kumaro on his football team. If they keep six, it's going to be hard to keep Kumaro off this off, off this off this roster. If they keep seven, it's probably Hodgins. And I would not be surprised to see Kumaro moved for a player. If that helps, Daniel Gowris, welcome into the show. Thank you for the super chat. Who are the O line starters? How was the left tackle doing? So I don't, I believe the Spencer Brown was the left, the offensive left, left, tack, he was. He was the starting left tackle uh, uh, for, for the first team. He did very, very well. He actually used his size well against uh, specifically Greg Rousseau and some of the other guys. Uh, but I think left to right, if I'm not mistaken, it was. Grusel, Bucker, uh, and then Morse, and then Cody Ford was playing right guard. And then, uh, uh, I, I, I want to say it was Doyle on the right side at right tackle. I, I don't want to say it was that every single time they were shuffling guys out. I'm going to be honest with you. It's tough at times because there's 93 players out there and it gets, it gets hectic after a while when you're just basically not taking notes and just kind of watching what's going on. Uh, but, uh, It's not the starting offensive line that was out there is not the starting offensive line that's going to be or is the, what is the word I'm looking for? It's not the starting offensive line that the Bills want. I would say this. Josh Allen ran and broke the pocket a little bit, had to. But the amazing thing about this kid that we have until 2028 or through the 2028 season is that's when he's at his best is when he's running running out of the pocket. I mean, he's at the point where teams don't want him outside the pocket. They want to keep him in the pocket. And that defensive line was doing, they were doing well. They were The first team defensive line was doing well. They were getting through. Josh Allen was just doing whatever Josh Allen wanted to do, which was causing a problem. Back to my notes. Good questions. Thank you for the super chats. You guys are awesome. Jump on that like button. Got 25 in here. We can definitely get more than 25 going. Jump on that like button. The, rough, the run game looked rough. The run game still looks rough. Zach Moss took almost all the first-team reps. Again, the offensive line was not complete. Dawkins and Williams was out. I would, I would dare to say Cody Ford is not a lock. He's not going to be playing left guard. We already know that because Brian Dable said that he's not playing ref, left guard. Oh, you know what? I said, uh, I'm sorry. I said Bucker was playing. I'm, I'm wrong. Bucker was not the starting left guard. It was Feliciano. I apologize. So, backing backing up, it was it was it was Spencer Brown, I believe. Feliciano Morse. I could be wrong about this. And then it was uh, Cody Ford and uh, Doyle. I think that's who it was. But Cody Ford is not a lock on this football team. As far as playing right guard, this offensive line still might be a little bit in flux. It'll be interesting to see how it kind of pans out. But the old line is not complete. I would say that they've not necessarily found a rhythm, and the run game still looks like it's struggling a bit. The second-team offense also did not look good. The defense, the second-team defense, looked much better, much better against the second-team offense than the first-team defense did against this, the, the first-team offense. However, the, the second-team offense doesn't have a guy named Josh Allen on their football team or on that squad. Trubisky looked... I don't want to say he looked lost, but he looked like he was swimming a bit. Right? Does that make sense? Like he looked like he was. You know, I saw him staring down at his wristband quite a bit when other people were on the on on the uh, other people were on the on the field. As far as other teams were on the field, he did. He missed some completions. He missed some easy throws. He just he just struggled. He looked like he's new to the system, which maybe that's to be expected. Maybe you know. If something were to happen, God forbid, to Josh Allen, week six, week seven, week eight, he's much, you know, he's much more into where he's more reading and reacting versus kind of forcing stuff. Trubisky, Trubisky just didn't look good. For instance, there was one play in particular. Uh, Trubisky was flushed to his right, and he's running out to his right, and it was basically the typical Josh Allen play that we see all the time. Josh Allen's running out to his right. He finds a guy like on the border, on the boundary, fires the ball in there, Beasley or Gabe Davis, and the guy toe taps the line, and it's a first down. Trubisky had that same exact setup. He, he's flushed out. He rushed. He runs to his right. He's got, got defenders chasing him. I literally, it was coming at me. The play was coming at me. So he was throwing at me on where I was sitting in section 133. Uh, and literally, I thought for sure he was going to do the exact same thing Josh Allen did. However, he chucked the ball three, four yards over the head of the receiver out of bounds. So basically, he ran to his right and threw it out of bounds because he either didn't trust his receiver or he didn't trust his arm, which is something we don't see from Josh Allen. Trubisky just they just didn't look sharp in the second team. And I would be honest with you, at this point in time, there's probably a wider gap growing between Devin Singletary and Zach Moss. And who's catching up in that conversation is probably Antonio Williams. Antonio Williams had one run. He was playing with the third team a little bit. Uh, and he had one run in particular where he he broke out to his to his left and then basically. For a brief second, uh, a zone hole opened up, and he cut back to his right, and it was a great read, like the vision that he had on it. And he darted and took off. I think he scored, or he really got close to scoring on the play. It was incredible. Got a super sticker. I don't know what that means. Vlad sends us a super sticker. <laughs> appreciate it. <laughs> I know. It's, I think it said, "I'm a fan." It does. Number one fan, Vlad. You are man. You're a number fan. You're. 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 Appreciate you being a part of this show. Appreciate. I appreciate everybody being a part of this show. Everybody. Jake Fromm, just a, just an observation. Jake Fromm was getting first-team reps. Not first-team reps. He was getting first reps on the third team uh, over uh, uh, Davis Webb. Webb looked good, though. He's got a lot of zip on his ball. He's not a bad football player. I didn't think Br- Fromm necessarily looked bad either. It'll be interesting to see how that battle kind of plays out and where that ends up. Matt Breida looked okay. That's funny. Chris Jenke literally just asked how did Jake from Jake from state from look? anything noticeable. Nothing noticeable. He I mean, he's got some zip on his ball. same similar situation. I mean i I remember I remember going to training camps and watching JP. Losman. I remember going to training camps and watching Trent Edwards. I remember going to training camps and watching e g Manuel. I remember going to training camps and watching these guys and being like, these guys are good. Like, I don't know what the problem is. I don't know why. The media in town is hating on these guys so much. Why are why are, why are the, the, the beat reporters talking about how much these guys suck? And then you put a guy out on the football field like Josh Allen and everybody looks just totally different. It's like, oh, that guy's the starting quarterback and everybody else is kind of like in the mix. <laughs> Fromm didn't look bad. Davis Webb didn't look bad. Breed looked okay. A guy that flashed on the football field was Tyler Maticiewicz. I want to take you back to the Dolphins game, the last football game of the season against the Dolphins last year. And Tyler came in in the second half and he played backup linebacker. This kid to me is making an argument and and has a conversation to be in the the linebacker room going, guys, I know that I'm a special teams ace. However, I can play linebacker. Somebody's injured, put me in. He had an incredible interception in practice. The dude is a ball of energy and passion when he's on the football field. He reminds me of Dane Jackson when Jackson gets on the field. Jackson gets on the field, the ball comes, somehow the ball finds him and he makes a play. Medicavich is the same way. AK Cash, Super Chat, asks me, how did tight end 49 look? Tight end 49, help me out here. Uh, Reggie Gilliam is 41. Reggie Gilliam played uh, fullback pretty much the whole entire game. Uh, As far as the other ones, uh, Sweeney dropped an easy pass. Dawson looked pretty good. He looked all right. And then Hollister uh, made a pretty good catch. uh, A catch he had to stretch out for, which I was surprised he caught it. If I had to judge off of one practice between the three of them, it's going to be Hollister, which is, I know, something that we don't all want to hear, but I love Dawson Knox. I'm just, Jacob Hollister just looks like he can be the guy. Mm-hmm. That's what I missed. All right, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Tremaine Edmonds, 49. Everybody listening everybody listening to this right now, like on a podcast, like, no, he means Tremaine Edmonds. <laughs> I don't remember seeing a lot of Tremaine. It doesn't mean he played bad. It doesn't mean he played good. <clears throat> it doesn't mean anything. It just means that I don't remember seeing him or Milano. So if I had to make a note to myself, and somebody else might disagree because they may have been focusing on uh, Milano and, and Tremaine Edmonds. I just wasn't necessarily paying attention to Tremaine Edmonds, and I don't remember him necessarily flashing. So, uh, but yeah, uh, for all intents and purposes, he's going to be obviously good. We're we're hoping to see him. He needs to take the step that we're all expecting him to take this year. Uh, Vlad is uh, basically running me right to where I want to go. How was the new punter? I'm going to start with Bass. And I don't know how many of you are old as me and remember the old bass SNL commercials or uh, best SNL skits, but that kid looked good. In warm-ups, he was just booting the ball. It was just, it was incredible. He, I don't know that he missed one. I, From when I was, he may have missed one and I missed it. Uh, Chris Jenke asked the same question. How did Bass look? <clears throat> I've heard good things. Well, you'll continue to hear good things. Brendan McCauley asks me if I'll be going to the home opener with the Fanatic squad. Uh, Jay Spence the King and I are going to be set up in Hammer's Lot uh, with, uh, doing some giveaways and doing some stuff like that. We will actually be there with the Rumblings crew uh, and some other people. So look for Jay Spence the King and myself uh, for the home opener tailgating in Hammer's Lot. Uh We've already got a spot reserved. Uh, Tyler Bass looked incredible. Hawk looked incredible. The problem was is the 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 first-team offense and even the third-team offense wasn't really giving them a chance to punt. <laughs> they weren't doing a very good job of giving them punting situations. But uh, special teams, it looks like we're going to be okay. The, the big question is going to be kick returner, punt returner, right? And right now, it seems like Isaiah McKenzie has a stranglehold on that. I remember Stevenson dropping but recovering one punt. Outside of that, I don't remember recalling a single punt – getting dropped. But there weren't a whole lot of them either. But at this point in time the confidence when you when you see Isaiah McKenzie on the football field right now, he literally looks like he's just beaming with confidence. If he can keep that confidence up, I believe he not only gets the position, owns the position, potentially is re-signed next year in that position as a contributing wide receiver. He just he was just oozing confidence on the football field. And not only a wide receiver, but also at punt returning. It was just it was just incredible to see. Brian Bowers asks, same thing as last year, didn't Behorkez had the least amount of punts last year? Yes, Behorkez punted I think a league least uh in the NFL last year for the Buffalo Bills. How did the defense look as a whole? Chris Jenkins asks. Uh they looked okay. Again, it was it was hard to tell because on the first team Josh Allen was literally just having his way with them even though they were making plays and doing and getting and beating their blocks and getting off their blockers Josh Allen was just making plays. The second team offense did not look as good. They punted the most. They punted I think every time but once. Whereas Josh Allen I think only had to punt once. And then the third team offense also looked very good good against the third team defense. So yeah, pretty good stuff. If you guys have any more uh, camp questions, please feel free to ask me. Don't be afraid to jump in. Don't be afraid to super chat me. Uh, Get my attention. I'm going to move on now to cut down dates. But if you have a camp question, feel free to jump in and ask it. Cut down dates. August 17th, the Buffalo Bills have to cut down from 93 to 85 players, which isn't a big deal. Eight except for when you start thinking about, well, who's the eighth that they're going to lose? Well, they've got 12 wide receivers on this roster. They've got a plethora of linebackers. They've got a little bit of depth, depth at this defensive end. They've got guys on this team like Bobby Hart. I would expect Bobby Hart to be one of those first eight guys to be gone. Jay Spencer King asks, how did Zach Moss look? I would tell you he looked like he looked last year. So however you want to translate that, However, you want to translate that, he looked a lot like he looked last year. So whether that means he's not getting holes, whether that means that the offensive line is not executing the blocking schemes properly, whether that means that the defensive line is going to be possibly good this year against the run, it just wasn't super duper productive. Dave Allen, I like your energy, bro. Only half of us like the video. Let's get the vo- uh, let's get the likes in here for the voice and grow rummings. Yeah, jump on that like button. Twenty nine of you. Got a whole bunch of you up in here uh, watching this thing. Jump, jump in here and uh, light this thing. Get our metrics up for us. Bobby Hart, getting back to what I was saying about cutdown down date. Bobby Hart might be one of the very first guys cut. It wouldn't surprise me. I don't know that he has had a good showing yet. August 24th, the Bills have to cut down to 80 players. So they're going to lose another five get five guys. Five. And then the big day is August 31st. August 31st, the Buffalo Bills have to cut down from 80 to 53 players, and that is literally, literally when we're going to have some broken hearts in Bills Mafia. There's going to be a number of you with Bills jerseys that you're not going to get to probably wear again because your your guy just got cut. I'm not necessarily going to speculate who it is, but you've got to understand that the Buffalo Bills have number problems, have a numbers problem, I should say, at offensive line, defensive line, and wide receiver. They've got depth, crazy depth, at defensive line. They've got crazy depth at wide receiver, and they've got a lot of guys at offensive line. I just don't know who the. And I don't know. I don't know if they're going to keep nine or ten offensive linemen, eight, nine, ten defensive linemen. Are they going to keep six, seven, eight wide receivers? We just don't know. We just don't know. Ladies and gentlemen, you have been uh listening to and watching the Overreaction uh podcast brought to you by the Market Dominator on the Buffalo Rumblings podcast network. I'm your host, The Voice of the Overreaction uh podcast. My name is Joe Miller. You can find me on Twitter at Joe Miller Wired. It's such an awesome privilege just having you guys hang with me. Like for real, like this thing is going to be lit. Lit when the season starts and we're doing this thing post game. When this is a post game show, this thing is going to be off the chain. I want to thank all of you for bringing it. Before I before I let you guys go though. Uh, Stick with me just for a minute. Don't hang up. I want to talk to you just about the schedule. So just for those of you that don't know yet, we have an incredible schedule coming for you uh, this season. uh, Buffalo Rumblings does. Uh, On Saturday nights, pregame. You're going to have the chop-up with Jay Spence the King. Uh, and uh, Sturles is going to be there. Kristen Kimmick is going to be there. And then they've got one other person. I can't remember exactly who. Uh, also, pregame on Saturday nights is going to be the Bills Mafia Time to Shine, which is a live call-in show with me. So Saturday nights, pregame, uh, probably 8 o'clock, you guys, I'm going to throw the invite to this show, basically, out to you guys. And you're going to be able to click on it, first come, first serve. And you guys are going to come in, give me your predictions, give me like who's going to have touchdowns, stars of the game, whatnot, how the game is going to end and a a score prediction. You're going to get to be on this thing live with me and have a conversation with me just about what your prediction is for the show. Uh, Sunday night, post game, this show, the overreaction podcast, every single Sunday night is going to be this show Monday night, uh, every week, Monday night, the off tackle with John Fina show coming to you live on the Buffalo rumblings vidcast network. Be here with me and John Fina every single Monday night, talking Buffalo bills, football, Uh, at nine o'clock. And then uh, Tuesday night, Jay Spence the King show. The Code of Conduct is is moving from Mondays to Tuesdays. So Tuesday night is going to be Jay Spence the King Code of Conduct. As you know, Wednesday, the Hump Day Hotline, every single Wednesday, my guy, Jay Spence the King and myself bring it to you uh, and just have great conversations, great debates, great disagreements, all in love because that is my best friend. uh, Every single Wednesday night and then Friday night, is the uh, food for thought the Nate Geary and Bruce Nolan show? So make sure you tune in to that as well. We got a lot of amazing content coming up to, coming up for you guys this year. Do me a favor, jump on that like button one more time, uh, or if, if you haven't yet, and also subscribe. But uh, I appreciate you guys, fam. This was a lot of fun. I uh, I'm so thankful that uh, just to have this opportunity. I'm thankful to be a part of Rumblings. I'm thankful to just. Get to talk to you guys and just, I it, it, it never it, I say it all the time how much I appreciate you guys and how much I want to meet you guys and how much I want to be connected to you guys. It's not fluff. I'm not saying it because it's not true. Literally, literally, I'm looking forward to this year, this season, some tailgates, some games, some pregame party type stuff, whether it's on Friday nights or Saturday nights, connecting with guys like Richard Rush or uh, Dave Thorpe or whoever. I'm just excited to connect with all of you guys. So, uh, I'm looking forward to the season. I'm looking forward to meet with you. Got a couple more weeks. Next week, Friday night. Next week, or I should say this week. This week, Friday night, because it's Sunday. This week, Friday night, Buffalo Bills football. Buffalo Bills football live on the NFL Network. Ladies and gentlemen, you've been listening to the Overreaction Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Miller. Appreciate you guys. Love you guys. We'll talk to you next week. Go Bills.